Thank you for joining us on WQPH 89.3 FM, Shirley Fitchburg, and welcome to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. And on this broadcast, we bring you an interview with our own Mary Ann, and she is interviewing Father Elias Mary of the Friars of the Immaculate on Our Lady of Akita. This is part one of a two-part series. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another wonderful edition of Local Matters. We have a fantastic guest here today, Father Elias Mary of the Friars of the Immaculate, and he is so knowledgeable about Our Lady of Akita. So join us for this program on Our Lady of Akita. Would you like to say hello, Father, to everybody? Well, hello, Ave Maria, to all of you. Pleasure to be with you all. It's our pleasure. So you have so many exciting things to tell everybody. I bet a lot of people don't even know who is Our Lady of Akita. But let's start with one of our prayers that you'd like to offer up. Well, let's... Uh pray, and like I always like to do, pray to Our Lady in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother of God, God, pray for us sinners, sinners, now now and at at the the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. Our Lady of Akita, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. Pray for us. Our patron saints and guardian angels, pray for us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Very beautiful. Okay, well, I can't wait to hear about how this all happened with Sister Agnes Askagawa. Can you start from the beginning of what happened? Well, we started back in um, 2019. A lady that I had met wanted to... She had gone back to Japan because of her growing up there. And when she grew up in Japan, her parents were working in Japan for Kawasaki. All the while she lived in Japan, from the time she was about five until about 18, she was not Catholic. Even though her parents were Catholic, they were falling away. And so she never knew anything about the Catholic faith in Japan until she came back to the United States and eventually got baptized in her 20s. Back uh, some years ago, maybe 2017, I think it was, or 2016, she wanted to show her daughter where she grew up, so she went back to Japan and found out all this Catholic history of Japan and wanted to um, go back and lead like a pilgrimage to show people all the Catholic history of Japan, the beautiful witness of faith that was of all the martyrs there. And eventually, uh, uh, in 2019, you know, I didn't even know if Sister Agnes was still alive. And uh, the visionary of Akita, which we would end our pilgrimage there and up in the northern part of Japan, where the famous apparition that took place in 1973 started the whole apparition, the mystical phenomenon that took place there. So it's important that this year is the 50th anniversary of the beginning of the apparitions in Akita. So at that time, I asked somebody who had been familiar with uh, Sister if she was still alive, and he said yes, that she was. And that um, at that time, I thought, well, it'd be interesting if we could ever meet her. So it was kind of in the back of my mind back in 2019, it would be nice to somehow 
meet Sister Agnes just to ask her some questions and just to to meet someone who's had such an experience. Well, COVID came and the whole, you know, that got put on the back burner. So we just finally got back to going another time this year in 2023 to visit again on a pilgrimage to Japan. And someone said that she was still alive and that it might be possible for us to meet her. So we did, with the help of some friends and a Japanese guide, we found where Sister might have been, because it's kind of been hidden that where she lives and where she's at. And so um, with the help of this guide, we did rendezvous and meet Sister, who's staying in a care home, um, which in of itself is kind of odd that she's a religious sister and she's in a secular care home. I'm not sure why that is. It just seems um, unusual. Yes. We uh, were able to visit with her, but only through an iPad, because at that time in April of this year, their COVID restrictions were still very, very much in place. And they were very, very restrictive, just like here during the height of COVID. You couldn't meet with the person in a care home face-to-face. We had to do it over an iPad, and we only were able to spend about 15 minutes conversing with her. Uh, We weren't even allowed to sit down somewhere. We just stood in the entranceway of the, or the corridor, you might say, the lobby of the care facility and spoke to her through the iPad. But what, and, a, what a grace that was, Father. Yeah, it was just, just to be in her presence was, uh, was a grace. To, just of her mannerisms, mm-hmm. uh, she just seemed to still be that very pious soul that if you ever saw the old videos of when she gave her little testimony, uh, she's, of course, she turned 93 this year on the Feast of Pentecost, May 28th. Wow. Uh, but she s- still seems to be, have a, clarity of in her mind and she she seems to be and appears to be still that very pious and very um, prayerful soul that she is and um, I would hope that uh, if Our Lady has more for her to say that she'll be able to um, have um, an audience or have the opportunity to speak um, it seems that I don't know if it's people above her or, but it seems that she's kind of put somewhere where people hope that they will even forget about her because, you know, how many people knew she was still alive? I thought maybe she had passed away some time ago. And um, it seems that, especially in the times in which we are living, with the messages of Akita, which contrary to what somebody said back in the early part of this century, back around 2004, a very high prelate in Japan said that Akita has no more significance for today. Really? And that, yeah, and I find that to be, <laughs> if you, if, even if you read the messages, especially the most, imp- I think the most important one, because people, even Cardinal Ratzinger has said, and Bishop, Ito, who approved the messages back in 1981, I think it was, when he finally gave his definitive approval that it was a supernatural event, said that Akita is just a 
sequel or just a repetition or just a continuation of the message of Our Lady of Fatima. And, of course, because the, the most important message took place on October 13, 1973, in which Our Lady, of course, there's like three main messages that have been given to Sister from Our Lady. One was on July 6th, I believe it was, then the other one was August 3rd, but the most important is on October 13th, which was a Saturday in 1973, and Our Lady said to Sister, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It will be a punishment greater than the deluge, such as one will never have been before, such as one will never have seen before. Fire will fall from the sky and will wipe out a great part of humanity, the good as well as the bad, sparing neither priests nor faithful. The survivors will find themselves so desolate that they will envy the dead. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary and the sign left by my son. Each day recite the prayers of the rosary. With the rosary pray for the pope, the bishops, and the priests. The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against other bishops. This is the part that I think is so so obvious that we see happening today so that maybe you know this prelate spoke too soon back in the early part of this century. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confreres. Churches and altars will be sacked. The sacking of the church, <laughs> sad to say, I think uh, has been done by the recovations that have been done in so many churches, you know. Yes. But this, this um, wrongful misinterpretation or this quote-unquote, this spirit of Vatican II, I remember as a kid growing up, my mother and my grandmother especially were hearing all these parish meetings about how the priest said they have to redesign the church to this is this is what Vatican II wants and they took our beautiful parish church with a high altar and a communion rail and recovated it and not only once but twice so um, I can see that to me that's a, a good indication that churches and altars will be sacked the church yes. will be full of those who accept compromises and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave the service of the Lord. The demon will be especially implacable against the souls consecrated to God. The thought of the loss of so many souls is the cause of my sadness. If sins increase in number and gravity, there will be no longer be pardoned for them. Pray very much the prayers of the rosary. I alone am able to still save you from the calamities which approach. Those who place their confidence in me will be saved. And in the message before that, the one she gave on August 3rd, she said, Prayer, penance, and courageous sacrifices can soften the Father's anger. I desire this also from your community, that's her, the community of Sister, the Handmaids of the Holy Eucharist, that it love poverty, that it sanctify itself, and pray in reparation for the ingratitude and outrages of so many men. And she told them that the prayer that the sisters say every day in their community was to be recited to make reparation to 
our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament uh, for all the offenses committed against him. And we can see that today so clearly, you know, what are we praying for and especially working for and is since last year and now supposed to culminate, I think, in next year, you know, this trying to revive people's faith in the Eucharist. Yes. People don't realize it, but uh, the messages about Our Lady at Akita, just like the children at Fatima, didn't begin with Our Lady appearing and speaking first. At Fatima, it began in 1916 with their guardian angel coming to them and teaching them prayers in reparation to the Blessed Sacrament, and then, of course, giving the children Holy Communion. Well, Sister, her first encounter, which began on June 12, 1973, this is, as I said, the 50th anniversary of the apparitions and the mystical supernatural events of Akita, this year is the 50th anniversary, it began by sister being told she was not of good health, and she was accepted into the community after she was in another religious community, and they let her go because her health wasn't able to um, withstand the rigors, so they said, you can come and join our community, you can pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament while we go out and evangelize. So his sister went into their little chapel to go and open the tabernacle to adore our Lord and the Blessed Sacrament. Before she even could approach the tabernacle, a burst of light shot from the tabernacle so so strongly and so overwhelmingly did it cause Sister immediately to fall to the ground, prostrate, like she hit the deck, you might say. Amazing. And just stayed there on the floor because she was just uh, kind of like stunned what just happened, you know, she said, uh, and she just felt this um, overwhelming presence of being in God's almighty presence. And so she stayed there for a while, and she was so overwhelmed that she didn't even go and open the tabernacle. She just, she got up after some moments of laying on the ground and walked out of the tabernacle. She was kind of like in shock from what she experienced. So the next day she went into the tabernacle or went into the chapel to go to the tabernacle and the same thing happened again and she hit the floor again you know just the light overwhelming came out press. the light came you, out again that? did the light come yes, out again yes the light burst it burst from the tabernacle again and she just immediately fell to the floor prostrate again this overwhelming sense of god's presence that all she could do is just lay there in uh, prostrate. I think then she she also got up after some time and walked out. So she was afraid. She was getting a little bit uh, gun shy about going into the chapel because of these two times that she's two days in a row that she had this experience. So she went in kind of into the chapel with some trepidation as what's going to happen now, you know. She didn't say anything to anybody. She didn't say anything to her sisters. Oh, you know, I've had this experience. So she went in the third time, and this was on, um, it was probably the, the apparition of July 6th, because all these things kind of happened in June starting. But on July 6th, when she went into the, the chapel, instead of the light bursting forth from the tabernacle, she saw the tabernacle consumed in fire. Wow. But yet it wasn't, but it wasn't being consumed. It was like the burning bush yes. in the Old Testament. 
she saw these flames just like consuming and and just covering the um, tabernacle surrounding it. And she heard these voices, which she later heard was told were angels praying this prayer that the sisters pray every day in her community. And the prayer is goes like this. Most sacred heart of Jesus, truly present in the Holy Eucharist. Now, it says truly present, but Our Lady told her from now on, say truly present, not just present, but truly present in the Blessed Sacrament, or in the Holy Eucharist. So Our Lady wanted to stress the true presence. that she, He's not just present, but he's really, truly present in the Holy Eucharist. So they added that prayer from Our Lady telling Sister directly. And at this time, an interesting thing is that Sister suffered from deafness. One of the things is she had this, she would experience deafness, and, and Our Lady told her, the deafness will go away and it will come back, and then it will go away again completely. And so the doctors were baffled by her deafness because they said there wasn't really any medical reason why she shouldn't be able to hear, but she could hear nothing. But she could hear the angels, she could hear Our Lady, she could hear her guardian angel speaking to her. And it was just like that, you know, that one minute she'd be deaf, and then she would get her hearing back when Our Lady said, and then it would go away, and finally it was cured on, like, 1982. Her deafness was uh, eventually cured during benediction, I believe it was, when they were singing um, the benediction hymn. Her hearing came back completely. And all this was predicted by Our Lady. But this prayer, most sacred heart of Jesus, truly present in the Holy Eucharist, I consecrate my body and soul to be entirely one with your heart, being sacrificed at every instant on all the altars of the world, and giving praise to the Father, pleading for the coming of his kingdom. Please receive this humble offering of myself, Use me as you will for the glory of the Father and the salvation of souls. Most Holy Mother of God, never let me be separated from your divine Son. Please defend and protect me as your special child. Amen. Beautiful. That's a, a beautiful prayer and uh, very much uh, in line with the, the spirituality of Our Lady of Fatima to offer our prayers and our sacrifices in reparation for the offenses committed against the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and also even, you know, to Our Lady to make reparation to her, because um, it is through her that we have Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. We wouldn't have his body and blood if it wasn't for the fact that she said yes to the Incarnation. So it's important that uh, in making reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, we also want to make reparation to our our lady and that this is what our you might say a continuation of our lady's peace plan you know you want to placate you want to make less the punishment that is coming upon mankind then offer your prayers offer your sacrifices especially offer your holy communions in union with all the masses around the world for in reparation and it's interesting that shortly after that is when Sister, and this is one of those miraculous signs, supernatural signs that took place at Akita, is that Sister, in her left hand, started to have a little cross that would appear, 
in the palm of her hand was a tiny little pink cross formed in her flesh. It began on Thursday of every week for five consecutive weeks, I believe it was. This little pink cross would first appear like a blister on her palm of her left hand. And this wooden statue of Our Lady, the Lady, Our Lady of Akita, the wooden statue. Yes. The right hand of the statue would form a little cross, like really? a stigmata, on its right hand, in the palm of the hand. So on Friday, both sister and the statue, simultaneously their hands would start to bleed. Sister said the pain was so intense from this tiny little cross. It was only a few centimeters in the palm of her hand. The pain was so intense and the bleeding was so profuse that uh, she couldn't sleep. She couldn't, you know, the pain was so intense. She found it difficult to pray, to think, you know. It was overwhelming how painful this little cross was in the palm of her hand. And so on Friday, it would be like almost like a reminder of the passion, the sufferings that our Lord underwent. And then on Saturday, for sister anyway, the Saturday the, the cross would become a scab, and on Sunday it would disappear. Wow. It, it, was, it would be as if it wasn't even there on her hand until the next Thursday. It started that same whole process over again. The statue would also do it. The statue would bleed. And the sisters thought, well, we better catch this blood because there was so much blood coming from the statue, a wooden statue bleeding, that they put some cloth on the floor to, like, catch any blood that might drop on the floor. And the blood disappeared into thin air and never, it never hit the floor. When it left Our Lady's hand, before it hit the floor, it completely vanished. But the sisters did collect blood from the statue's hand, and they had it tested by a a laboratory of, they weren't Catholic, they were didn't even know where the blood came from. They didn't tell the, the doctors or the people examining the blood where it came from. They said that it was human blood, and I can't remember if they said what type of blood it was, but it was human blood coming from a statue. Was it AB? And uh, It may have been, I don't recall. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, so this happened over a series of five weeks, and people would come from all over. Even the Japanese national television station came and videoed this statue bleeding, and later on the statue would start to weep. So this statue bled human blood, and it wept human tears, and it wept 101 times. Wow. And when the finally and it stopped weeping in 1981, I believe it was. And Sister was contemplating one day in the chapel, why 101 times? That's what I was going to ask why? you. Why? And she said, why, why, why not 100 or 102, but what is the significance of 101 times? And her guardian angel told her that 101 is symbolic. The first one represents the first Eve, the Eve in the, in the garden, who by her disobedience, who ate of the fruit, caused our downfall. The zero represents the eternity of God, that in his plan he brought about the second Eve, which is the second one, who is the new Eve, who would undo the disobedience of the first Eve by listening to the good angel and saying yes to being the mother of God, the mother of Beautiful. the Redeemer. 
Wow. And this is where we get the connection because they're all connected, these apparitions of the 20th century. Fatima, 1917, Our Lady of All Nations in 1945 to, I think, 1959 was this apparition of Our Lady to Ida Perdiman in Amsterdam, who, at that apparition, she said, I want the fifth Marian dogma, that I am co-redemptrix, mediatrix, and advocate. I want that to be proclaimed a dogma of the faith. That was a big part of her message to Ida Perdiman. And then Akita. What's the significant? How is Akita connected to Amsterdam? Well, because in 1963, when these sisters were newly established by Bishop Ito as their sponsor, they were looking for a statue to to have of Our Lady in their chapel. And one of the sisters had prayed to Our Lady of All Nations, and she was cured of some illness. So. When they asked uh, this Buddhist man to make a sculpture of the Blessed Virgin, he said, well, I don't know anything about your Blessed Mother. Can you give me an image that I could copy or have an idea of what to carve? And so they gave him a holy card of Our Lady of All Nations, Our Lady of Amsterdam. So Our Lady of Akita is Our Lady of Amsterdam, Our Lady of All Nations, because she's standing on the globe in front of the cross. She's Our Lady Cordemtrix. And that message that of the 101 tears calls to mind that Our Lady is asking, and I'm sure if I could have had an opportunity to ask Sister Agnes, I'm sure that there's a book that has been written by Father Yasuda, I believe is his name, Yes. who um, wrote a book about the message of Akita. He was the chaplain of the sisters at the time when this was happening. He's since passed away, but he was known as a very holy priest, and he wrote a book about how Akita, is, the message is about, of course, the Blessed Sacrament, making reparation to the Blessed Sacrament, and the importance of the Fifth Marian Dogma, co-redemption, and mediatrix of all graces. That uh, Our Lady is saying that this is the key to, to true conversion and a true renewal to be taking place in the world is that the fifth Marian dogma is part of the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart that she asked for at Fatima. And uh, Father Peter Damien Fellner, who is uh, one of our professors as a Franciscan of the Immaculate, he uh, strongly believed that that had to be that's an essential part. You will not truly say you have the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart until you have the proclamation of the Fifth Marian Dogma. Because I think so too. The triumph, that's, that's great. The triumph, of Our Lady's, the triumph of Our Lady's Immaculate Heart is not that we have a obligatory memorial that falls the day after the Sacred Heart of Jesus. She wants the whole world to know, and not she, but God wants the whole world to know, as he said at Fatima, that she said that God wishes to establish devotion to my Immaculate Heart, that especially does God want to know the part that she played in the work of redemption, that it's through her cooperation that Christ redeemed us, and that it was his plan that she be a part of that. That's all the time we have this week. Tune in next week at this same time for the conclusion of this broadcast. Thank you for listening to another edition of WQPH's Local Matters. We hope you enjoyed the broadcast and hope you have a blessed week.